Good morning, Patriots, and welcome to the Patriots Prayer Podcast. So great to have you here with us this morning, and we got a great bunch of stories that we're going to go through for you here today. But guys, before we get started, do me a favor. Uh, if you're listening on Spotify, if you're listening on Rumble, iHeartRadio, it doesn't matter where you're listening at. Do me the favor of taking the time to click that like, follow, subscribe button. Depending on the platform you're hearing this on right now, it is the best way to support the Patriots Prayer. And trust me, we appreciate it more than you know. Now, we're going to talk about Jill Scott. She butchered the national anthem. And I'm not talking about singing it bad. What she did was she changed the words. She changed the definition, meaning. She changed the integrity of the song. She essentially spit in the face of the country. And I have a big feeling the country is getting ready to spit right back in hers. Now, the other story we're going to talk about is the Supreme Court Justice, Katanji Brown-Jackson, and just a ludicrous statement that she made while misrepresenting the findings of a study as it relates to newborns and, well, let's be more specific, black newborns, and basically stating that uh, that the rate of survival for black newborns is a direct connection between what color their doctors are. That was her argument that she was making while trying to defend the fact that she did not vote to get rid of the affirmative action law that the others did in a decision that came down six to three. So she tried to defend that and she came out looking pretty stupid. And that's just not something a Supreme Court justice should ever look. You should be able to agree, disagree, make arguments based on your understanding of the law, but you don't misrepresent to this degree. And uh, last but not least, Hunter Biden, which is the reason for the intro song right there. I figured that would go right out to Hunter, a little Eric Clapton cocaine. I, I think he might like that. Not that he listens to the show, but <laughs> I thought it was funny anyway. Damn it. So here we go. The uh, Supreme Court justices' decision to strike down the affirmative action in universities when considering students for university um, was a very controversial one. Everyone had a take on it. Everyone had a reason for being for or against it, as you should, obviously. Well, you know, obviously you know how we stand. A merit-based system should be the only way that anything works in the United States at all, ever, period. Because anything other than a merit-based system means it's a racist system. Literally means that. Because that means you have, you're considering race over the actual criteria you're supposed to use to determine whether or not a child qualifies to go to your school. So when you disregard what actually matters... And in place of that, only consider the sex and or race of the child. That, by definition, is racism. So I I don't understand how anyone could ever defend that. But listen to the way in which she went about trying to do just that. So Jackson claimed that the racial preferences were essential in admissions to medical schools because more black doctors were needed to improve health outcomes 
for black patients. And that, you're like, okay, that's a little bit vague of a statement. Let's see what she's talking about, right? So let's see what she's talking about. Specifically, she wrote, for high-risk black newborns, having a black physician more than doubles, more than doubles, <laughs> more than doubles the likelihood that the baby will live and not die. The claim was taken from an amicus brief filed by the Association of Medical... Uh, American Association of Medical Colleges, which in turn was referencing a study that appeared in the Proceedings of the National uh, Academy of Sciences. Now, first, the study does not claim to find that the survival rate doubles, but instead, in its most fully specified model, the report says that 99.6839% of black babies born with a black attending physician survived compared to 99.5549% of black babies born with white physicians. And the difference is not double. Guess what the difference really is? 0 0.129. It's not even a percent. It's damn near a tenth of 1%. So the survival rate of 99.68.3, uh, 68.39% is not double of 99.5549%. And I think even my grandson, who is only seven years old, could tell you the same. <clears throat> so to make a statement like that, just to push your agenda, even when you know you're wrong, is absolutely important. Especially for a judge. I mean, you're called your honor. Your honor, honorable, you're supposed to be noble, have some integrity, and a little smart as well, right? Now, I knew something was wrong with her the moment that they started talking about her record when it came to sentencing <coughs> uh, child molesters. Excuse me. Now, she had several cases in which child molesters were treated with kid gloves, in her courtroom and in one case she actually apologized to the family of a child molester giving him only months for his crime not once but twice twice so I, I already from the start and I knew that this was not somebody that actually deserved to be where she was period because her record didn't meet it out and she was hired only for the fact that she was black and that she was a woman which is what stated by Joe Biden himself. He stated, I'm only hiring a black woman for this position. So all of the people that worked all their lives to get to a point to be considered uh, to be on the Supreme Court, and they were overlooked because they were not black and not a woman. The criteria for choosing people for a job should be the merit, should be their record, should be... All of those things, the things that actually matter, not your color, not your, not your gender, your sex, uh, not that they're different. Let me take that back. Not your color or your sex. Nothing else should matter. The sex and gender are the same thing. Now, moving on to something else. We're going to talk about uh, the R&B singer, Jill Scott, who did something no less racist. No less racist, and actually, I mean, 
This one pissed me off. This one got all the way up under my skin. And it, and I'm sure it will, based on what I read, I'm not alone. I'm not alone. She spit. She hocked a big old fat from the back of her throat loogie right into the face of America. She told her story and her reiteration of the national anthem from a point of view that leaves out so many, uh, so, just so many perspectives. I mean, it has more holes in it than Swiss cheese. And not to mention, this is a song you don't mess with. This is a song you don't mess with. I remember when uh, Roseanne Barr sang it horrendously. It was terrible. And they all the way disrespected her just because she didn't sound good while she was singing it. This lady may have a voice, a singer's voice, but everything she said in that song was trash. And from the perspective, based on what the song actually means and what the song stands for, what she did was horrendous, and she's going to get her full payment due. Trust me, I know for a fact Americans aren't going to stand for this, and she just took a hit in her own pocketbook. She robbed herself. That's what she did. <clears throat> now, let's go through it. So the R&B singer and actor Jill Scott performed a, mo a modified version of the national anthem at the Essence Festival, changing the lyrics to reflect her belief in America as an oppressor state. So oppressed, I wonder what happens when she goes back to her mansion or her car with her driver, her town car that brought her there. I, I, I just, I, I wonder how many damn Chanel, Fendi, Prada, coach bags someone who's oppressed must have. Because her hair looks done, her nails look done. She's famous. She gets um, get paid extremely well. I'm sure her kids go to um, an amazing college if they chose to. Um, just, you know, it's very hard, you know, in, in the boo, you know, it, remember, <laughs> oh my God, Jamie Kennedy's, uh, little Malibu, like that's, that's, that's what she is, right? She, she's, she's speaking from the point of the black perspective as if, uh, and, and she even changed the, the, the wording of the song of the national anthem that I wouldn't even call it a song. I, I, I think it's even disrespectful just to say the term song when you talk about uh, what Francis Scott Key wrote there. It's an anthem. And uh, it, it speaks to the heart of this country. It speaks to why we still fight today. It talks about that battle when all hope was seemingly lost and the sun came out and the smoke cleared and there our flag was still waving. And from that day to this day, we may not have started off in the best place, but we have gotten better and we've gotten better and we've gotten better and we've gotten worse in some things not these things, that's for sure, but in others. Obviously, look at the world around you. But the point that I'm trying to make is, is to for her to paint everyone with a broad brush and essentially uh, say white people are still enslaving black people today, in the words of the song that she changed. I mean, here, just uh, let, let me do this for you. I'm going to play the clip. I'm going to play the clip. Uh, I, I don't know that I can handle the whole clip uh, because I, I'm going to want to punch a hole through my computer monitor, to be very honest with you. Just the look at her face as she sings it just makes my blood boil. So l listen to what she says, trash as it is, trash as she is for saying it. But listen. Oh, 
is not the land of the but the home of the trash 100% trash she said the land of the free and the home of the slaves you know what folks people like that are the reason things are bad you could have a, a, a room full of people completely diverse white black Asian Hispanic everything and we can be loving on each other and you get somebody with an attitude just like that to come in the room and that conversation, that person that's sitting there, virtue signaling, complete victimhood stance, can cause division in a, in a place where people absolutely get along and love one another. There's not, what she's talking about doesn't happen. You know, look, look at the diversity in government. We've already been through the black president thing. So... You got that, black governors, black police chiefs, black mayors, black, you name it. You name it. Most white families in the United States have black people in their family. This whole argument of racism is old. Put it, though, it's, it's done. It's done. This style of racism, this to this level where you're saying land of the free and a home of the slaves, you know, that, that is absolute trash. Anyone who believes that, go get your head checked. This lady should have her record contract, if she has one, stripped from her. You know, it, it, the publicity she's getting ready to get, it, by and large, is going to be payment enough for, the, for what she just said right there. She's full of it. Now, Scott's performance was met with mixed reactions. Some praised her uh, for speaking out against racial injustice. While it, it, what she said wasn't speaking out against racial injustice. It was an indictment of everyone who's not black. It was a racist epithet. The entire song was a racist spiel of complete crap. Now, the Essence, Essence magazine and the host at the festival, and that's the other thing, folks, Here, before I get too far into this. She was at a festival where you had an, an entire audience, which was made up of mostly uh, black folks that were there, right? So... If you listen to the reaction of people cheering at the end of that song, you don't get a lot of cheer. You get cheers, but you'll hear a lot of mixed reaction and jeers. Black folks are not with this stuff either. They're not. They know that we're not, they know they are not living in the days of racism, of the kind of racism that they act, is still, act like is still going on. They're not. They're not at all. When, 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 you go to your, when you go to your family reunions, black folks are there. I'm getting ready to get married here in just a few weeks. Black people all through my wedding. Why? Nephews are black. Brother-in-law's black. One of my groomsmen's black. And every one of you can say the same. The, the, the days of this type of uh, uh, racism that they try to play like it's still going on, that's, those days are over, folks. They're over. They're done. And they're not going to return. But what is returning, what's making its, its way around, is the racism 
the same exact racism that she's complaining about from one side to the other is actually from her this way. When she says that, she's being the racist. And that's the truth. She's the one that's being the racist. These people who believe that black folks should get into colleges based on the fact that they're black instead of their grades, instead of earning their way, is racist. The turn, the, the, I mean, it doesn't take a genius. It does not take a genius to figure this out. Now, Scott previously said in an interview that she considered leaving America due to the racial climate. Okay, fine. You know where you can go? Go to South Africa. Right? Much more racism there. Much more racism there. How about China? Well, there's no one there but Chinese people. But there's enough evidence of how racist it is over there as well. Well, where do you want to go? Maybe, uh, maybe to Mexico. Well, I don't... I don't think that would work either. I don't think that would work either, and I don't want to get into the details of how I know why, but doesn't work. Doesn't work. There's a lot of racial tension between uh, black and brown communities. Plain and simple. You name the. You might be able to go to Canada. Well, you can't go to Denmark because they don't allow immigration. Where are you going to go? Where are you going to go that's this diverse and this free at the same time? Where are you going to go where you have the opportunity to become a singer and become rich and send your kids to whatever school you want to, live in the big houses and the white neighborhoods, which is, I'm sure, is where you live? You know, virtue signaling, folks. Virtue signaling at its best. These people are doing nothing but basically singing to the script that someone else put in front of them as part of a movement that is absolutely BS on every level. On every level, this whole movement is BS. Now, the national anthem to protest police brutality against black people and his decision sparked a national debate about race and sports. Now, when she's talking about whether or not, I mean, whether or not this song was sang this way to protest police violence in the inner city, <clears throat> let me tell you a little story. I was approximately 13 years old. I was over to one of my friend's house in the inner city of Baltimore. And um, me and that friend got into a little trouble. We decided we were going to borrow his mom and dad's car without their knowledge or their permission. And we got home with the car, and he got his hind end heated up. Mom and dad heated his hind end up. And, and, and my... Uh, my little butt essentially was told, hey, go home. Problem was, I lived several miles where, from where I was at at the time. Now, they went so far as to call the police because they thought the car was stolen. So I'm told to leave by his parents and the police, and I try to explain to the police officer to whom which I thought was in charge, and... His, I said, sir, I don't know how to get home. I don't know where I'm at in order to get home. I don't know which way home is from here. And instead, I was 13. Instead of that cop calling the, my parents or asking me where I lived or any of those things, he stood in front of me, he widened his stance, and he told me to leave. And I restated exactly what I said again. Leave to where I don't know where I'm at or how I'm supposed to get home. That's when he took something out of his, his uh, waist, uh, which I later uh, became to know as what is termed as a slapjack. And it's a, it's a metal rod about so big 
with a little chain or doohickey wrapped around it. And he hit me in my ear with it and told me to leave. I was like 13 or 14 years old. So I'm not, I don't think that the, 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 that police brutality is something that doesn't happen. I don't think that I've seen, I've seen police officers when I was a child plant drugs on people. I lived in Baltimore city. I've seen a lot. I've seen quite a bit. I don't think all police are bad. I don't, I don't think that all police abuse people because that cop hit me. I don't think any of that. I think that cop was the problem. So when you say that police brutality against black people is what sparked uh, some of the cause of her doing this song the way, let's take a look at the numbers. Less than 1% of all of the bad shootings that kill people in uh, impoverished neighborhoods were black. Less than one uh, were police officers. Less than one percent. So, what about the other ninety-nine point whatever? Responsibility needs to be taken by people who continually point the finger outwards and never take a look at your own house. Jordan Peterson says it best. He says, "Clean your room." Before you go trying to fix the world, clean your room. And so many people could do much better by staying in school, learning how to save, and not not calling getting a job, a 40-hour-a-week job, slow money. Because that's how they term it, slow money. They want everything now. They want the big cars, the big house. They want all of those things now. And if anyone doesn't understand what I'm doing by holding my hand up like that, for the folks watching on, uh, for the folks watching on Rumble, uh, I have an AI camera. And big shout out to Insta360. Uh, this version of their camera is called a Link. I I recommend it to everyone. It is an amazing camera, and the quality is bar none. Just take a look at the video. Um, but not enough about a, a commercial for Insta360. But you know. You have to start looking in the mirror first. If you're ever going to change things, you're ever going to make it better, there is a formula that has been around since the beginning of time that tells us what we must do in life to get from A to B and be prosperous doing it. Stay in school. Learn a trade. Get a job. Get your life straight and fixed up before you go getting married. Be married before you start having children. Just some simple things, folks, simple things. But what happens when they, we, we're, the reason why the world is the way it is right now, well, the United States, is because we're in a moral crisis. It's nothing to do with law. It's nothing to do with race. It's nothing to do with those things. What it is, is people all have these things called aversion of the truth. They think that truth is relative or subjective. What's your truth is not my truth. So there is no such thing as the truth. So, you know, whether or not people get married, ah, that's your thing. I don't want to, you know, but then they end up with four or five different uh, children by four or five different women. They don't support the children, so the children grow up and do the same exact thing. And this has been the inner city community, and I'm not just talking about black folks now. I'm talking about white folks. I'm talking about my own family, in fact. Um, they, they, this happens more than you know. 
They just continue to have babies. None of them stay with the people they have the babies with. Uh, and then they don't support them. And the kids grow up to do the same thing that their dad did. It's sick, but it's a crisis caused by a, 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 a moral crisis, by a lack of morals. We have stepped away from any thought of what is right, good, true, and pure. We don't care. It's about what's fun, and it's about how I feel, and it's about selfishness. Because that's what, it's, it's literally what it is. People don't care about what affects their community around them. They only care about themselves. Hey, will this benefit me? Well, then why the hell do I care about him? As long as I'm good, I don't care. That's, that's how people think. This is what, this is what uh, passes today for uh, caring about yourself. It's just any, it, just any way you can become successful, step on as many backs as you can to get taller, it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what they go out and do uh, to bring shame on their family because they don't care about their families. Their mom and dads don't matter to them. It used to be we would try to make our family proud. Our last name was a legacy. And if we brought shame on it, we felt bad. They don't care. <clears throat> they don't have the same standards. <clears throat> they don't have the same values. Belief systems are out the door. Nothing means anything anymore. Nothing. It's whatever you make up that morning. The medical community, the, uh, the community of counselors, psychologists, and psychiatrists, <clears throat> all of them stopped doing their job. All of them. And, and in her stating that, um, <clears throat> that the country was built by a particular race of people that got dirt under their nails and a particular race of people that made it is what it is today by saying that and leaving it there does no justice for anybody because it took a country to make this country what it is today it didn't take a specific race it didn't take a specific nationality of people who came here after the fact it took every damn one of us in world war one the total number of casualties uh, were 9.7 million people who died for this country they didn't matter in World War II, it was 55 million. Excuse me, yeah, 55 million. And in the Korean War, 1.9 million. Not to mention Vietnam and any other number of wars that were fought so that the Revolution War, the Civil War, all these wars that were fought to make this country what it is today to help move us ahead. You negated all of those things. You omitted them. You didn't bring them up. You didn't speak about them. They didn't matter. You told, I wouldn't even say a half-truth. It wasn't even half. You told like a 10% truth, and then you skewed that at the same time. So, you know, people that do that are just, they, they, they do that for a certain amount of fame. They say what everybody wants to hear, so they get a little more clout. They're despicable people. They suck. And I cannot wait to see the backlash that she gets from this. I just can't. So, um, Hunter Biden. Yeah, we're moving on to that. Hunter Biden is, uh, well, he's trash too. Just anybody who marries, <laughs> I'm just calling everybody trash today. <laughs> but come on, people. The guy married his brother's wife after his brother died while he was still with his own wife. <laughs> I said yesterday, we need to dig Jerry Springer up and have a whole new Jerry Springer episode out there with just the Bidens. 
You know, it. it <laughs> so here's what one a former Secret Service agent by the name of Bobby McDonald said about uh, the goings on at the White House and how he thinks they're going to handle this whole deal with the cocaine. Former Secret Service agent uh, Bobby McDonald believes that the Secret Service has a good idea of who left the cocaine. I would imagine they would. <laughs> I would imagine. I would imagine there's cameras every damn square inch of the White House. I would imagine that the baggie or whatever the hell you found it in has some DNA or fingerprints on it. So with the uh, uh, entire resource of, you know, the law enforcement apparatus, which is at the behest of the White House, I'm sure you could get some tests done and you can use some of that forensic know-how to find out who left the bag of cocaine in about less than 24 hours. But they, they started trying to already utilize the Hatch Act, which to me is an admission of guilt because they know we're going to find out who did it and they know that we're going to use that against them and we're going to say, I told you so, you're trash. So, but then I'll, I'll get to that part. Let's finish reading what uh, Mr. Bobby McDonald said. Now, McDonald told uh, Ingram Angle that the cocaine was likely left by the White, a White House staffer or guest of a staffer because it was found in a cubby in the West Wing entry area. He said that the Secret Service conducts sweeps that the White House at the time, uh, so the cocaine was likely left around the day that it was found. So I would imagine the same thing, that it, it, the same day is, uh, that they left it is the same day it was found. Um, but I don't necessarily agree with his, his assertion that it was probably a guest of the White House. And let me explain why I don't believe that. You're not going to bring a, a cocaine to the White House unless you're so brazen, like you feel like you're at home and you're not going to get in trouble for what you're doing. No one's going to hold you accountable. I think the number one suspect is, based off of the past, based off of his behavior, based off of what I just said about you have to be that comfortable in order to believe that you're not going to get in trouble even if you're caught. That, to me, is one person. That's Hunter. Now, we don't know for sure, but the likelihood of it being Hunter, to me, is extremely high. So, <laughs> McDonald disagreed with the report by Politico that stated that the culprit is un uh, that Politico said the culprit is unlikely to be uncovered due to where the cocaine was found. Of course, I would disagree as well. Because, and this is also the same thing that CNN said, that they didn't think the culprit would be found. Now, whether or not they say the culprit was found, the culprit was found. They just don't want to tell you the name. Very good at hiding, covering up, and lying for the Bidens. If you haven't been paying attention and you've been under a rock, uh, that's exactly what they've been doing this entire time. The entire time... Uh, whether it be an FD-1023, whether it be the laptop being disinformation, even though it's not, even though we're back to calling the laptop disinformation, even though Hunter is suing people, he says have his private data that came off of his laptop. I mean, he, it, that's another reason why I think the cocaine must be his. He doesn't know what damn day it is. 
He's just like his dad, but for a whole different reason. Like he doesn't know what day it is because he's got dementia, and he doesn't know uh, what day it is because he's high as a kite. I mean, they're they're peas in a pod. So and McDonald pointed out uh, that public and, and public tours use a different entrance. So it wasn't someone from the public because when they come into the White House, they go a different way. And McDonald also said that the areas where the cocaine was found would have lots of foot traffic on a Monday through Friday, but not over the holiday weekend. He said that the Secret Service definitely have an idea of who it was, uh, on ca- who was on campus during the weekend the cocaine was found. So what they call a lot of foot traffic inside the White House is not an extreme crowd, right? It's not like it's Disney World or anything like that. We're talking about... Uh, you know, a, a lot of people for the White House. You could essentially watch the camera who's going in, make a short list, and then just go through it, I assume, right? And then the Biden administration has been criticized for invoking the Hatch Act. So uh, let's take a quick look just so that I don't pull a Katanji Jackson. And uh, let's define the Hatch Act, and you'll see why I think that even invoking the Hatch Act uh, makes you look guilty. So the Hatch Act was devised in 1939. Here, let me pull it up here for everyone to see. I I don't like uh, giving you uh, source material that you don't see because I want you to understand that uh, I'm not making this up. First of all, so here we go. Let's uh, let's take a look. It's over here. So as you see, the Hatch Act, a federal law passed in 1939, which limits certain political activities of federal employees as well as some state, D.C. and local government employees who work in who work in connection with federally funded programs. The law's purpose is to ensure that the federal programs are administered in a nonpartisan fashion. Wow, that, that, that is a whole nother. There's you know, no affirmative action there. Um, to protect federal employees from political coercion in, in the workplace and to ensure that the federal employees are advanced based on merit and not on political affiliation. So the fact that they want to invoke the Hatch Act tells me one thing. They are trying to protect somebody, while at the same time trying to protect them, they're trying to make themselves look like they're not protecting them. Now, if they wouldn't have invoked it and they just went about the investigation and the name came out and everything, no one would have thought the wiser. But the fact that you actually take the time to invoke the Hatch Act tells me, first thing you want to do is try to look, hey, even if it is my son, I'm, I'm going to prosecute. No, you're not. No, you're not. But I tell you what. Uh, uh, cocaine, heroin, and drugs of that kind, a Schedule II narcotics and more, those kinds of drugs have immediate prison sentences that go along with them uh, that you're not going to get a judge, jury, and so forth. These sentences are predetermined. So thanks to his dad. Thanks to Joe Biden. Now let's see if Joe Biden's laws take effect on his own son if he's the one that is guilty of this. Now... Uh, conservative uh, communicator Steve Guest tweeted that it was odd that the White House Deputy Se- Press Secretary Andrew Bates pivots to the Hatch Act 
and doesn't deny the question. Uh, the others online were also critical of the Biden administration's response. What the hell does the Hatch Act have to do with cocaine? Tweeted a former Harvard Law professor, uh, Lawrence Tribe. This is the most ridiculous invocation of the Hatch Act that I've ever heard. All for the same reason that I just gave you. It has nothing to do with the crime. What, it's, what they're doing is using the Hatch Act ahead of time, or at least mentioning it, so that it looks like they're unbiased when in fact they're anything but unbiased. The Biden administration has not yet commented on the criticism of its response. Meanwhile, bookies in Las Vegas have already started taking bets on who they think the culprit is. Now here's where it gets funny. Here's where it gets funny. And I will have a contest on the Patriots Prayer page. If you go to uh, our Facebook page at the Patriots Prayer, I'm going to put these numbers up. And I'm going to put a cash prize out there. Well, let's not do cash prize. Let's do let's do T-shirt. I don't want anyone to say I, I'm running a book. So I, I, I'll, I'll throw out a T-shirt. Uh <laughs> for the person who, who guesses it right. So the overseas bookies, betonline.ag, gives Hunter Biden uh, plus 170 odds as the owner, and it places him in the most likely wrongdoer position. Amongst the other listed suspects are Kansas City Chiefs tight end Travis Kelsey, followed uh, with uh, plus 800 odds, while uh, one of the Jonas Brothers, carries the plus 1,000 odds. And Angelina Jolie garners 1,400 uh, point, uh, plus 1,400 odds. Uh, President Biden and his wife, First Lady Jill Biden, sit in the bottom of the pack with plus 15,000 and plus 10,000 odds, respectively. Now, the gambling site, sportsbetting.ag, carries the same suspects and on its ad line, uh, if you want to go online and bet, at betonline.ag. With Hunter, with Hunter Biden as the overwhelming favorite. It, it's like other sites of Bovada contains uh, the, the same list of outlandish culprits with different odds. On Sunday, a member of the Secret Service found cocaine in the west wing of the White House in an area garnered by guests and staff, leading to an uh, evacuation of the building and emergency response, and that led to this. So... Take all of that into play. Listen to those that group of people that they say are likely suspects. And let's find out who the like. Even if they announce who it is, right? We, we stand a good chance that they probably won't even tell us who the culprit was. Like, they, like CNN tried to say already. They put the game out there. Oh, they probably won't know. Let me tell you something. They... they can find out who killed somebody without a strand of DNA around by footprints. But you know, forensic people can find out anything that they know their job very, very, very well. They could have this whole situation resolved within 24 hours before the sun goes down if they wanted to. Most likely they already know and they're holding that information close to their chest and they won't give it up until they're forced to, which has been the MO of the FBI. And, well, see, I can't say too much bad about the Secret Service, except for the fact of all the covering up that they do for, um, for Hunter Biden and that, and that whole situation. So that part of it, I, I like to think that that was a specific individual. If anyone else, 
you know, it, it may have been completely different. Um, I like to think that there are still a lot of good people inside of law enforcement. Uh, in the FBI, I'm not talking about police officers. We know 99% of you guys are on the level. But it's very hard to say the same about the FBI these days for all the same reasons. The, the, the FBI has gone into a mode where they actually started acting unconstitutional against the American people when they were at Twitter, following uh, American parents from school board meetings and so forth. You guys know the story. So um, we need to get back to a place where we can trust our law enforcement agencies and trust the system, because right now we don't trust the system. I guarantee you if they find Trump guilty of these charges for which he was indicted for and he's going to be tried in Florida, people are not going to respect nor accept the decision of the court. They're not, because we know the same exact law that you tried, that you're charging him with was broken by Obama, was broken by Bush, was broken by Clinton, and it was broken by Biden, and Biden wasn't even a president, so Biden really has broken it the worst out of any one of them. But yet you're only indicting John, Donald Trump. So, no, we, we don't respect it. We don't see it. We don't recognize your authority. We don't recognize the charges, and we won't accept the outcome. Because we know already that there's a law out there called the President Rec Presidential Records Act that gives him full ability to declassify the documents. Therefore, you're chasing your tail, and this makes no sense. It's just a political hit job. So, guys, it's been great hanging out with you, and I uh, hope to see you here tomorrow. Uh, we are actually going to have a guest on tomorrow. We're going to talk about these vaccines. We're going to talk about the several studies that have came out about the vaccines and what we actually know now and what is going to be uh, going on in the future. How are they going to uh, deal with vaccine injury? How are they going to deal with... Uh, children and the vaccine schedules. Uh, what what are they going to do now that we know what we know about this vaccine? Are they going to acknowledge the improprieties? The, are they going to acknowledge the, the vaccine injuries that have occurred and the people that uh, are not able to have their insurance cover them? Uh, I know one very personally. Their insurance won't cover them for a hearing aid because of a vaccine injury that caused them to go deaf in one ear and because... It was emergency youth authorization. The insurance company won't cover what's called a cochlear implant. But the doctor treating this person is also someone that I've uh, just saw the communication between this person and that doctor. That doctor deserves a round of applause. Uh, she put together a protocol to get the spike protein out of this individual's body. She's been there fighting for her and advocating for her the entire way. And we're going to have them on the Patriots Prayer podcast. And I can't wait to bring that to you. So, guys, as usual, the silent majority, you need to stop being silent and stand your ground. We'll see you next time on the Patriots Prayer Podcast.